And welcome to the inaugural episode of Hard Ticket to Sedaris. I'm Teresa. I'm Stephen. I'm Cody. And this podcast is the first of its kind, as far as we're aware, which there's a million podcasts, but our job is to bring to you the genius of the underrated 80s and 90s director, Andy Sedaris. Yes. Andy effing sedaris yes oh yeah this one this, this podcast is explicit so you don't have to say effing i don't have to say effing no we're oh. yeah, it's gonna be explicit but <laughs> watch yeah. out oh yeah so uh, all of our it. other podcasts that we do here at uh they're g rated yeah they're 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 not explicit this yeah. one it's gotta be this it, one has it, to be. yeah it's gotta be given the nature of the subject mm-hmm. because i'll just be the first to say it titties <laughs> yes oh yeah <laughs> There's lots, lots of titties. And lots of mm. boobies. Oh my god. Don't wow. do that. That's don't do that. <laughs> don't do that I'll do what I want. Yeah. This is explicit. I'll do what I want. Uh, but yeah, so basically the hard ticket Cody unleashed. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> hard ticket to Sedaris is our attempt to bring to the masses the genius of the underrated and often overlooked, I would say, uh director Andy Sedaris and his uh, movies concerning the lethal ladies. Yeah, they're low, lower budget action films, exploitation action action films. Mm-hmm. I would say, and they're they're not for everybody. And I think to be, to be fair, a lot of them would be kind of considered today. A lot of people would be offended oh, by them. Yeah, these movies cannot be made today. No, I mean they can be, but again, it had yeah. the underground. It's uh, probably fitting that the last one was in. Like, just before the 21st century. Yeah. I feel like we'll crack into this later on, but I yeah. actually think that these movies are incredibly sex positive and very uh, feminist forward, um, which I know is going to be a hot take for these because uh, people are going to be like, what are you talking yeah, about? But, I, I, can, I can see that. And yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll discuss that. But I, I would agree in a sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, but we can get into that yeah. later because Cody has a little bit of research that he's prepared about mm-hmm. uh, Andy Sedaris and his life. So yeah. let's hear it, Cody. So, I mean, just to give an idea of how far-reaching this man's influence is, because he didn't, wasn't just action movies he did. He was very, very influential in sports broadcasting. So Andy Sedaris, born February 20th, 1931 in Chicago to Greek immigrants. Uh, the youngest of four children, he grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana, which... Kind of indicates why later on in his movies. Yeah. A lot, lot of Shreveport. Yep, a lot, a lot, lot of, of Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, his older brother Chris was a professional baseball player, uh, but sports were a very important factor in his life growing up, as were movies. As of a course. child, he had an uncle who owned a chain of movie theaters, and so he saw all kinds of films. Uh, according to Andy, he was, quote, always most interested in escapism and the allure of exotic places and gorgeous people. Oh wow, that's so foreshadowing much. <laughs> yeah, that's very very indicative of yes. his his uh, body of work. <sighs> Attended Southern Methodist University. I've had two beers. <laughs> Attended Southern Methodist University. While there, uh, he got a job at a local TV station and worked on several programs, including sports telecasts. Uh, remained at the station after graduating with a communications degree. Uh, directed several sporting events for NBC. And he pioneered numerous innovations, such as putting cameras in the end zone, which oh. you think of like things that like just we take for granted. Yeah. Uh, spreading out cameras along the sidelines. That's because Andy Sedaris was at the forefront. He walked so we could fly. 
<laughs> over <laughs> over the football game with the drone camera, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Uh, okay. He crawled so we could fly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, he pioneered this stuff so that we can enjoy the intense angles that we get in football yeah, games. Yeah, we get the sky cam, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Is that what that's called, the one that's on the wire? Yeah, that's sky cam, yeah. That's, an, that's an XFL innovation. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, a Vince yeah. McMahon contribution to uh, professional football. Well, okay, <laughs> I don't know if we can credit it to Vince McMahon because well, it was probably a cameraman who worked for WWE. Yeah, probably. Probably. slash wwf that's true yeah, yeah he yeah. probably did and then that he just appropriated that. it and was like you know what this is basically a giant this wrestling is ring i came up with this <laughs> this is basically just a giant wrestling ring why don't we just rig up the cameras like that yeah and they took it all players on steroids and then he took another bump of coke and yeah screamed yeah probably anyway <laughs> back to uh an actual artur um <laughs> artur uh and, and something else he uh pioneered was what was called the honey shot Mm-hmm. Which is close-ups of cheerleaders and beautiful girls in the stands, which mm. doesn't happen as often today, but this happens more often in college I uh, mean, football than anything else. Why would you watch football if it's not for the cheerleaders and the beautiful women in the stands? I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's what I thought. There's not really a lot of of cheerleading teams anymore. Professionally, uh, not really. There's a lot more in college. Than uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. College, yeah. much more. But yeah, like like the Packers don't have any cheerleaders, yeah, which no. makes sense because they're it's in Wisconsin. It's cold. And but they do have marching bands. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Andy he began work at ABC in 1960, directing coverage of college football games, and he was one of the first directors of the sports program, The Wide World of Sports, a role he would continue in for over 25 years. Jeez. Jeez. Uh, not the only director, but he would direct some episodes of it. And right. Wide World of Sports, you know, not hasn't been on in, you know, 25 years, but I still don't you know, know kind of... It, I don't know what it is. It's kind of just a, just a variety sports program, just going like different, showing like different sporting, like kind of like just ones that wouldn't really get a lot of, like a telecast on its own. Oh, okay. Like um, rugby and stuff like that? or Yeah. Like yeah. the Ocho? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it, a dwarf yeah it hasn't been on for like a long time, but like the uh, the complex down at Disney World that ESPN has because uh-huh. it's owned by Disney is called the Wide World of Sports. Right. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. I recognized that name. The, yeah, yeah. I, it's where the NBA that. teams played uh, in the bubble, their playoffs yeah. in uh, yeah. 2020. Yeah. Uh, which concluded with the Lakers championship. It's because I got the COVID vaccines. They were super powered. Everybody knows this. <laughs> it's because they were good. Knowledge. No, it's because they're the best team in the NBA. Uh, anyway, uh, Andy, at a, after a brief stint at NBC in 1965, directing both college and professional football games, he returned to ABC as one of the highest-paid sports directors on TV. Wow. So, uh, he met and married his wife, Arlene, in 1967, who would go on to be very uh, influential in the making of these films. Absolutely. In 1968, Andy won what would be the first of seven Emmys for directing ABC's coverage of the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City. Wow. That's the one where the uh, where the Black Runners did the power salute oh, you know, wow. on, on the podium. Yeah, You've I probably seen a, a picture of it at some point. Yeah, life. it's a pretty iconic yeah. photo. Yeah, that's like all, because they're all up there and they're all like doing the... It's like This is like fist. 1968. This is like after Martin Luther King is shot. Uh, so like, you know... It's like a power, you know, yeah. like, you know... Yeah, I and they mean... Were, they were like... Raked over the coals in the U.S. for that. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. So, I, of course. I'm not familiar with the photograph or the footage, but I yeah. I understand. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, he directed his first film, The Racing Scene, which was released in 1969. 
Uh, it was a documentary that followed actor James Garner's racing team in 1968. It didn't go as planned because the team just got worse as time went on. So <laughs> it was just kind of interesting just watching this team collapse. <laughs> but he's James Garner. He's an actor, not a race car driver. So, uh, But during the, 21, uh, the 1971 24 Hours of Le Mans race, which is where they race for literally 24 hours, yeah, oh yeah. the teams, uh, Andy was nearly killed in a pit road in the pit road by a speeding car, but he escaped without lasting injuries. Uh, wow, had some yikes. injuries to his leg, but my, he, yeah, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of it's hard to explain. Uh, it, it's detailed in the a lot of the a lot of this I draw from book, um, uh, that uh, the Sedaris book. Yeah, that that what's it called? Wow, big book of Sedaris. It's just bullets, bombs, and babes. The yeah. films of Andy Sedaris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's detailed more heavily in the book uh, Bullets, Bombs, and Babes, the films of Andy Sedaris, which I draw a lot of this from, uh, put out, I think, 2003. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you you know, pick up that book, it's explained more in more detail there. Uh, yeah, but You can find it on eBay yeah, and stuff. So. Uh, the same year, Andy was one of the first directors of a new football project on ABC called Monday Night Football. Nobody knows what that is. Are you ready for some football? Oh, yeah. Um, Monday night party. The world would never be the Hank same. Hank Williams Jr. Yep. What? Horribly okay. racist Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh. I never watched Monday he, Night. He did football. the intro theme to Monday Night Football for like decades. It's I gathered it. Party. Yeah. I gathered. I just all your rowdy friends are here on Monday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He basically just took his all your rowdy all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight yeah. and turned it into football. <laughs> yeah. That's what he did. And so then and then he compared and then he compared Obama to Hitler and they were like, oh, we can't be having that. Well, okay. but but he was back after like ten years. So cool, yeah. Cool. All right, well, it's different now, but yeah. But anyway, Monday, is Monday Night, Football, Night Football even still a thing? Yeah, it's on ESPN now. It's not on like ABC like it was for years. But well, this isn't a football podcast, Cody. So it's okay no. that I don't know that. Yeah, but Andy Sedaris, this is where you got to start. This yeah. is where yeah, we start. I know. I've just uh, I've never seen Monday yeah, Night Football was, in my life. He was in Munich in 1972 during the Summer Olympics. Directing coverage when members of the Black September terrorist group killed 11 Israeli athletes and coaches. Uh, if you've ever seen the Spielberg film Munich, this is what that's about. I am also not familiar with this particular instance, but it seems... Did all these things happen because Andy Sedaris was at the Olympics? No, he was just there. <laughs> I'm aware of that. I'm trying Did to make, make a joke. Was that a joke? Yeah, it was a joke. Oh, boy. Fuck you both. <laughs> Listeners, it's well-established. Teresa, it's not funny. Hey. She tries. I'm on this podcast, too. Yeah. Well. You can't degrade me on, on the air. Uh, the next year, he released his first scripted feature film, Stacy, about a tough female detective who has to solve a mystery. Yeah, she does. Yes. The mystery of why all of her clothes keep disappearing. <laughs> oh, that's kidding. no mystery. That, that didn't actually happen that much in that movie. It didn't, but no. it happened some. But which, but that's it's the first yeah. one, so you know. Yeah. But we'll talk about that Get more on our next episode. Yeah. Uh, he was also an, the uncredited director of the football scenes from the 1973 film *Mash*. Which is what you know the TV show is based on, of course. They were like, "Look, Andy, we can't get these guys to play football right. We need you to come in and direct them." And yeah. he was like, "Sure, yeah. I will." Yep. Uh, after directing a couple of episodes of TV, namely Kojak, and an episode of the Hardy Boys Nancy Drew mysteries, <laughs> uh, Andy directed his second feature film, Seven, released in 1978. This is not the Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> Brad Pitt film. No, that's Se Seven N. 
because the the oh because it's the stylized title is, with, yeah as s e seven e n so it's se seven n okay that's okay it's like it's like when they did a was it fan four stick yeah and that last film thirteen ghosts yeah is spelled weird the the thirteen e Thirteen, yeah, okay. it's stylized. Right. Anyways, yeah, I, I hate I hate when movies do that. Like the Expendables four that's coming out. I th- there's a they put the four in the word there, so I think it's like Expendables or something like it's 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 crap. I'm like, oh god, don't do that. Just call it Expendables four. Ah, uh, who cares? That's I fine. do because I'll be paying money to see it. Uh-huh. Um, but seven was uh, his first fee- uh, film shot in Hawaii. <gasps> but an undercover agent attempting to stop a criminal takeover of Hawaii. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so Hawaii, a very central location in many of his films going forward. And that same idea is very... examined and re-examined and explored and <laughs> yes, it is dived into yep. and uh, extrapolated. After these, after these two cult hits, Andy decided to only do movies if he had full control over them, beholden to nobody. Yeah, that's right. He's a rebel. Right. He's a rebel. Uh, Throughout this, uh, Andy continues to direct coverage of numerous sporting events, including Olympics, football, basketball, and various specials for ABC, including a landing of the space shuttle Columbia. Wow. Dang. Yeah. So he's he's all over the place. In 1985, drawing on his vast experience in film, he begins his latest project, a series that would span twelve films and later be dubbed the Bullets, Bombs, and Babes series. The greatest series. The first film, Malibu Express, Ooh. is about a government agent investigating a computer company selling secrets to the Russians, I think. <laughs> but lays out what would be hallmarks for the series. One-liners, action, explosions, action, beautiful women, and action. And titties. <laughs> you forgot titties. Oh, who can forget titties? <laughs> yes. Nobody should forget the titties. No. Um, it is 1987 follow-up, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Mm. Uh, it's firmly established. Let me, let me redo that. It's 1987 follow-up, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Firmly established the core set of characters and their mission as an unnamed government agency tasked with stopping criminal activities in the Hawaiian Islands. The further films in the series, Picasso Trigger in 88, Savage Beach in 89, Guns in 90, Do or Die in 91, Hard Hunted in 92, and Fit to Kill in 93 would further chronicle the adventures of this intrepid team. Uh, by the 1990s, Andy had also retired from ABC Sports. Uh, the next two films in the series, 93's Enemy Gold and 94's The Dallas Connection, were written and directed by Andy's son, Drew Sedaris, along the same lines as the previous films, but relocated to Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, Lots of swamps. Yeah, and, and they'd had you know they had a production company called Malibu Bay Films up to mm-hmm. this point. At this point, it becomes Skyhawks Films. It's named after the uh, Cessna that was in the previous films. Oh, oh wow! The, yeah, yeah. the little the little the Molokai the Molokai cargo plane Mo- Molokai yep. cargo wow. plane. Yep. Didn't, didn't know that. Yep. The one that uh, Donna Spear. Yes, Donna Spire. Is Spire? I think it's Spire. Yeah. Donna Spire flew maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, we don't ask her if we ever get yeah. on the show. Hopefully, if you're listening, please. <laughs> <laughs> However, Andy had missed making movies himself. 
So he returned to the director's chair for the final two films in the series, 96's Day of the Warrior and 98's Lethal Ladies Return to Savage Beach. These films featured numerous Playboy Playmates and Penthouse Pets. There's a lot of peas there. <laughs> as well as some more well-known actors, such as Eric Estrada, Sybil Danning, Pat Morita, and Danny Trejo. Yep. According to Andy, his objective with these films was strictly, quote, to entertain. And quote. did they? Did yeah, they he, ever? Like, he did not mean to, like, dehumanize or be mean-spirited or anything like that. He just wanted people to sit back and have fun. Yeah. I think that that is something that you can you can definitely find in these films is that you can't yeah. you can't um delve too far yeah. in. There's no hidden meaning. Yeah, There's you don't no... have to think too much about it. That's, that's I the think beauty that's, of them. That yeah, that's part of my that's like my favorite part of yeah. these films is that you absolutely do not have to turn your thinking brain on. Nope. You just let it happen to well, you. Well, you turn it on to try to figure out what's going on in the movies. But then you But also then off. you're just like, you know what? I, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I, well, it kind of matters because I kind of want to know, but also, yeah. who cares? Especially <laughs> if you're doing a podcast about it, and you have to look at it critically at some <laughs> yeah. point. Ah, yeah. Uh, who knows how that's going to go? Yeah. Uh, Andy had planned to make another film in the series called Battle Zone Hawaii, but by that time, his health had started to decline. Oh. And on March 7th, 2007, Andy Sedaris died in Beverly Hills, California, age 76, from throat cancer. Mm. Oh. Rest in peace. Yes. Yeah. Long live the legend. Do what? I said long live the legend. Yes. So the way that we became acquainted with Andy Sedaris's body of work is actually because Steve works at a used media store and he came across this DVD and he was like, holy crap, we got to watch this. It was a Blu-ray. Oh, sorry. And. Oh, yeah. Because it because initially we just had just the one film, just hard ticket. Yeah. So it, this movie came into my store and I saw the cover and it's like it is just batshit. This cover is crazy. It's like to to describe it for you. It's got Ron Moss's big face with his arm up over his head is and it a the gun. One I have a poster of in my room. Yes. It is. Okay. And uh, Hope Marie Carlton, who's crouched down, and Donna Spear, who is standing, and they're in front. I think they're in front of um, the plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. a sunset. It's the Hawaiian sunset. I, actually, no. Not neither one of them. Are, both of them are standing. No. Yeah, they're both okay. standing. He's got a gun in his hand. It's a painting. It's like one of those classic like yeah. paintings. Okay. Which looking okay. at the movie posters, only the first two had, which is like, oh man, I kind of wish all of them had it. But well. yeah, so Ron Moss has a gun in his hand. Donna Spear has got a four-shot bazooka. Yeah. Hope Marie Carlton yeah. also has a gun in her hand. The The Molokai cargo plane is in between yes. the two of them, and there's a beautiful sunset and palm trees in the background. It's a it's amazing poster. It, it uh, caught it, my eyes. And what's it the came tagline in. on it? Pay the price for paradise. There we go. <laughs> I, as soon as I saw this come mm. through the store, I was like, I sent it to Teresa, and I was like, Look at this cover, and she was like, "Bring it home. We're watching that." <laughs> I was like, "All right," and I brought it home. We watched it. We were like, "This is incredible." There's scenes in it that are just nuts, and we were like, "Cody needs to see this." So we have a, a weekly thing that we all get together on Sundays called "Should Have Seen It Sundays," and we watch movies. And so we we picked Hard Ticket as one of the movies. Yes. I think it was mine. So we watched this in August of 2020. Yeah. So it was still pandemic times. Cody saw the movie in January of 2021, which I think we picked that because Julie Strain had died. There we go. Yeah. That's the, so that's the story. we yeah. watched it on January uh, 17th of and, 2021. And explain who Julie Strain is for people who don't know. Yeah. So, um, so basically, Julie Strain... 
Um, we, we knew her from prior to these movies because, um, she was in heavy metal 2000. She was married to Kevin Eastman, who, <laughs> if you're familiar who, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who will show up on a couple of these episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, and, and so she was kind of a cult, cult, uh, actress, you know, she was a penthouse pet, um, in a lot of porn. Uh, so well, and she's also like six four. Yeah, she's so she's she, huge. She's very very tall. Any of the movies she's in in this series, she still wears like boots that make her taller. Yeah, yeah so she towers over everybody. Yeah, in the- <laughs> and in all of the beginning parts of these movies, she um, she co-stars with Andy Sedaris, and she often uh, shows her boobs. So that's yeah. pretty great. But oh, she doesn't goodness. come up. She doesn't come until later. The later movies, right? Yeah, yep. this is one of the earlier movies. Yeah, this is yeah. the second movie she, in the she, series. Yeah, and these intros, which. We're we're calling this uh, introduction episode "Play with Intro" because of these intros that are on the, oh, yeah. the these all these movies that we love. Because oh, yeah. Julie Strain and Evely shows shows her tits, and Andy, uh, I don't know if it's feigned or if it's real. Just like, just is just like flabbergasted. Just like he just she flashes. He's like, oh oh goodness, <laughs> yeah, every time, yeah. every time. Oh goodness, yeah. oh goodness. He like gets scan- he gets bright red. He gets bright red, and he goes, oh goodness. And also, it's like. His height is like right where. <laughs> yeah, because she's tall, very yeah. tall. Okay, so this is very strange. What actually happened was we watched this movie on the very day of Miss Julie Strain's death. Wow. Yeah. So, so it wasn't really because. Yeah. So it so was. It, wasn't it, then, yeah. it was incidental, I think. Oh, but wow. but That's we weird. remembered this movie because we knew that she had been in other ones of his other mm-hmm. films of right. Andy Sedaris's. Wow. And. Though we had not watched the entire filmography at that point, we were like, Cody at least needs to see this movie. And I lost my goddamn mind. He lost his oh mind. Oh, my lord. But you also have to understand that all three of us have a healthy appreciation for cult films, yes. for weird stuff, for stuff that has very strange production value, mm-hmm. for strange puppets and claymation, and also RC for... Cars. for karate and martial arts being in films mm-hmm. and those are all things that you can find in these movies so yeah. that's why so we watched it in august of 2020 cody watched it in january of 2021 and after that we were like you know what we gotta watch all the rest of these movies yeah. mm-hmm. we gotta restart we gotta start with malibu express and then we have to yeah. watch through the entire filmography and by the time we got through and we've seen hard ticket probably Ten times at this point. That, 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 like that's the that's the movie that we show people to get them introduced to the gospel of Andy Sedaris. Yeah, yeah we indoctrinate really, them. It really has everything in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, that's where like really all the tropes, all the standards in the series that would fall. That's really where they're all set. It right. wasn't. I mean, Malibu Express. Don't get me wrong. Malibu Express. Love that movie. So, but Hard Ticket is where it's like they're all like set. So it's, it's like you know. Goldfinger is like the third Bond movie, but that's really the first one where you get like all the gadgets, the great car, the weird henchman, the obscure, the the, the ridiculous <laughs> plot. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. where all that's like set in stone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. So, um, so we we basically indoctrinate people with Hard Ticket. We've done it a couple of times now um, to introduce folks to the magic of uh, Andy Sedaris's filmmaking. And the rest is kind of history. Um, we have noticed, though, over time that even in our circles where people are watching uh, pretty obscure films, um, they don't know who Andy Sedaris is. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And he did have, there was a stretch of time where Night Flight, which is a streaming service, an online-only streaming ser- film service, 
um, that has like all the full moon movies. So they're like in Charles Band's pocket, etc. Um, they had the Andy Sedaris filmography that on there for a while. So some people got introduced to that, um, to the Sedaris films through Night Flyer or Night Flight. Um, but we, we have just noticed a total lack of awareness for Andy Sedaris and we just wanted to bring, uh, mm-hmm. his filmography to the world and just kind of tell people like, Hey, these movies are still hilarious uh, uh, and relevant yeah. and worthwhile. Andy Sedaris is like Jesus and I am Paul. <laughs> wow. I'm spreading. I am that, spreading the word. That is okay. <laughs> that's a little over the top, but all right. Sure. No. Hey, 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 if there's anything... If there's any phrase that can define these movies, it is over the top, sir. Yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Co- Cody sees Andy Sedaris kind of as a personal hero at this point. Yes. Um, I I am fascinated by them because they are, t- they're truly great films. Like, the, the production value is very good. The direction is great. The choreography is also very good. The stories completely insane yeah Mm. that's my favorite part of them is because the story like there's a story there and they they want all these actions to happen for a reason that's happening in the movie they have reasons for them but they just don't match up usually or they don't there's like something missing or like you just you don't understand what's happening most of the time but you don't really need to or we often get a wrap up in the last three minutes of the movie that's a good that's (laughs) always well then this happened and this happened that's why this happened it's like Okay. Especially, yeah. especially the especially Return to Savage. Oh my God! Oh, yeah. The whole the whole last yeah. We'll, we'll get into that when we cover that. The whole yeah, last part of the movie is just yeah exposition, exposition yeah. yeah to explain what's like, happening. Yeah, like these movies, like 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 I said, like hard ticket. I was like, oh my God, and then and then find out like there's more of these, and yeah. then looking into the man, there's just like fascinating. It, it, it's like to give a sense of like the movies I like. My favorite two actors are Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. So, like, and I love action movies. And I specifically love that, like, 80s brand, the 80s style of action movies. And if I I love those, I love sports, and I love beautiful women. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, they have a lot of beautiful women. so, So, like, and this guy is, like, a touchstone for, like, these all these things because it's like finding out he's one of the most because like i love football i love watching football i love my packers to death and, and finding out that this man not only made these movies that like hit that like just hit that sweet spot for me for action movies he was also like so influential and important in the development of professional and college football on television like stuff that i like it with like uh, without fail have watched pretty much at least one game a week every year for the past like you know 25 years of my life and mm-hmm. you know he's yeah and he's able to be around all these beautiful women yeah in hawaii no <laughs> in hawaii yeah and and, and when i opened up that book and saw he he directed the landing of a spaceship i love space stuff it's like <laughs> oh my god this guy <laughs> And it's like, see, like, him moving all these circles, it's like he gets to meet all these athletes. And Sports Bright, like, his picture him in there with Al Michaels. And there's a, you know, and, and, and like, you know, and all these other athletes. And then all these actors. It's like, this guy is, like, deep down, it's it, it's like, is he's who I would have wanted to have been if I had been that age. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like in that time, because like like we said, these movies could not be made today. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely not. No. Not, are, not they, in a way that would make them popular. No. And not, nice. not the way that they're made. No. Yeah. no. They are of a time. Yeah. And it's like, it, just to like live that life. It's like what what a what a fortunate life. Yeah. To have led. Yeah. So. Yeah, we we get the tail end. We get to appreciate that. Uh, the the depth and breadth of his work and it's we're we're better for it i feel like yeah it's it's like if i ever if the man were still alive and i got to meet him i would probably just i i'd probably fall on the ground and just start crying that i'm not worthy <laughs> yeah the wayne's world i'm it's not a, worthy yeah. i'm not worthy uh, it's, it's like, a running it's, joke that cody's gonna open the andy sedaris museum yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh my god if we could get artifacts that'd be amazing <laughs> some of the rc cars the snake Oh God, the snake! Radioactive snake! <laughs> oh man, I would um, just—I th- I think that the thing that makes me appreciate them the most is that, uh, kind of like what I mentioned before. Yeah, we keep saying titties, and yeah, there's there's a lot of boobs, there's a lot of sex in these films, um, tons of nudity, a lot of man butts, explosions, bad puppets, good puppets, um, transvestites, you know, people who are wearing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, there's men, men and women exploding. There's lots of buildings. Exploding. And we mean exploding, <laughs> yeah, in but the most spectacular of fashions. At the same time, kind of a hallmark of '80s exploitation movies is that women get taken advantage of, and that is not the case in these no. movies. No, they're the ones they're, taking no. advantage. Like, like, like <laughs> kind of. Th- think like you know, mid to late '80s. How many female-led action movies were there? Right, exactly. You, you, it's like a bunch of swinging dicks. Yeah. Well, it's you'd like, have, it's to, like, you'd it's have like, to dig for those. You'd, you know, yeah. Because you had, there's a few, like... Um, uh, yeah, there's like obscure ones. Like, um, yeah, um, I forget her name. When they were oh. like China O'Brien or something like that. Yeah. And, um, You're talking about the, the little the little one, the yeah, kickboxer chick. Yeah, I forget her name. But uh, she yeah. was in a bunch of stuff. But, but, yeah, but that's, those again, are like B-level, yeah, C-level yeah, yeah, movies. To be fair, these are two. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, you know, you have Schwarzenegger and Stallone yeah. and Chuck Norris and Jean-Claude yeah. mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. Seagal. You can name those off the top of your head. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, but you never see movies like this where it's women yeah. who are... You don't even are, you don't even see that too much nowadays. Right. And But these women are, they're having sex, they're going and seducing men, they're, they, like, even if it's in the course of their work, they, they're appreciated, they're... Um, loved by their agency, they're respected, um, and they have agency over themselves. Like they're they're yeah. allowed to do whatever they want. And mm-hmm. sure, it's through the male gaze, which you know, whatever yeah. we could go through that. But I, I think also a testament to these is that the women who acted in these films ended up coming back over and yeah. over and over yeah, again. Donna uh, uh, Donna Spire was in seven of them. Yeah, yeah. Hope Marie Carlton was in. Yeah. Three or four? Four, I think. Julie Strain was in Cynthia, the last. Cynthia Brimhall was in several. Right. Rodrigo Vasquez. Like they were. Rodrigo Bajan, who was in all of them. <laughs> but, not a girl, but all right. <laughs> but no, but I mean, yeah. that, that's another thing. You get like recurring people. Yeah. Yeah, and these girls aren't, aren't your damsels in distress right. either. That's why no. I, I want to make that point. Like they're no. they're out there kicking yeah. th- kicking Like, that like ass. at some point, one or two might need saving. Right. But a lot Here of times, it's another girl saving them. Usually, right. yeah. Or another yeah. woman, yeah. But it's, it's like, yeah, it, it's... They're very special. Yeah. Um, so it, it, It's like at your first glance, you could be just like, oh, that's, you know, just kind of sleazy, kind of just... Yeah. Ugh. But when, when you actually sit and watch it, it's like, 
Oh, no, they're kicking ass. That's and, what this podcast and, is for. Yeah. Right. And they're very femme forward, too. So, like, they are the main characters. They're yep. not, like, Ron Moss, even though he's got big billing on that poster, billing, yeah, he's but... not even, he's not, and maybe that was because he was up and coming in Hollywood, but he's not even the best part of that movie. He's not the main character. No, he's not. They're, all the women are the main oh, yep. characters. Yep. Always. Mm-hmm. They always are. Well, especially when Julie Strain enters the, the fray. Yeah. She's, she is... The, in, she's main she, character yeah. energy all yeah. the way down yeah. so it even though at first glance these might look like a, your typical exploitation film or your typical schlocky cult film they're actually worth your time they're actually worth watching oh, um, great fun great fun yeah hard... and we, yeah and we would recommend like you know maybe you know if you if you're interested <laughs> if this intro episode interests you and you, ups, you know, we'll go through the movies. We won't cover his first documentary, like the racing scene. We don't really, because that's kind of separate. But maybe if we ever have a Patreon, we'll do it. But <laughs> um, but we're going to start first episode with Stacy. Okay. And then we'll just continue on. You know, chronologically. As, chronologically as they come out. So if you want to, you know, watch along, because we, we, we will, you know, be talking about the plot of the movie, so spoilers. <laughs> so maybe, like, if you see, like, oh, this episode's out, sit down and watch the movie. Maybe, you know, listen to the show, and then maybe watch it again. Mm-hmm. If you can find Stacy and Seven. Yeah, Stacy and Seven are maybe a little harder to, to get, yeah. Yeah, but the, the all of the other movies that we're going to be talking about are in the Girls, Guns, and G-Strings collection, which is still sold on the Malibu Bay Films website, Yes, which is Andy and Arlene Sedaris' website. Yes, you Arlene, is, she still manages the uh, the IP, I guess you could say. Yes. So... Yep, so definitely um, see if you can find that. Uh, it's it's affordable. They're, all 12 movies are on it. Mm-hmm. So with the exception of the first two that we're going to cover, the entire saga of the Lethal Ladies is on there. Um, we, watch them with the introductions. Yes, watch yes. them with the intros. <laughs> we, we, like, yes, that's why we're calling this episode Play With Intro. <laughs> we are telling you, please play with intro. It's worth it's worth your time. They're yeah. only like three minutes. Yeah, yeah, if that, yeah. Yeah. So... so. But yeah, so we all have different reasons for loving the films, but um, at their core, there there's a lot to love. There's a lot to yes. There's lot a lot to, to complain about. There's a lot to hate. But we're gonna talk about it all. Um, there's one the particular hill I'm gonna die on eventually. But <laughs> well, we'll get there. Yep. Yep. Um, so definitely um, subscribe, like, follow. We have a ton of other podcast projects that we do as well. Yeah, um, this is the third one I've recorded today, and I am I am getting tired. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, subscribe. We're going to be going through each, each of our episodes is going to feature one film. So, um, but it'll be a limited run. So we yeah, hope that you enjoy. so many. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter at hard ticket pod. Yes. Uh, H A R D T I C K E T P O D. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have pictures you can just, stuff up there. Or pictures. you can just, uh, hard ticket to Sedaris podcast on there. So yep. just, uh, follow us. We'll, Post whenever new episodes come out or just post, you know, some random facts and figures. And we really, really, really hope we're going to try and work on this, that we're going to have a very special honored guest. Um, We don't know yet. Maybe a few. Because, like, you know, maybe we just keep the show open ended a little bit, you know, just like, you know. Whenever, if if we can get an interview with somebody from these movies, we'll just throw it up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we won't make too big of a fools of ourselves. Or, <laughs> I know I'll probably come off like a jackass, but, you know, that's that's par for the course <laughs> with anybody.
Thanks for listening to Hard Ticket to Sedaris. Please be sure to check out our other projects at AOP Pod Network on Twitter. Where you can find a list of all of our other projects, such as We Effed Up, a history podcast taking a look at all the times in history where we effed up. And Imperfect Men, a Rexypod reading all of the founding fathers of the United States. You can also check out Attack of the Final Girls, a horror movie podcast through a feminist lens. And The Drunken Pawn. It's a YouTube channel where we play board games and drink craft beer. We'll see you next time on... Hard Ticket to Sedaris. (laughs) 